Let's turn the Bible this morning to the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter number 1, Ecclesiastes chapter number 1, and I look forward to what God has for us this morning. Lord willing, tonight I'll uh, preach from the end of this chapter this evening, uh, but this morning we're going to take our text from the first 11 verses of the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, <laughs> I hope that we remember uh, what we have as far as a treasure in the Word of God. Uh, when, when you hold that Bible in your hands, you have a treasure, uh, the Word of God. I, I think, and I'm so thankful that I live on the day that we have so that we have the printed Word of God. And I am mindful that there are, there are nations, there are people, there are languages, they don't have the luxury that we have uh, to just to go to a shelf and pull uh, uh, multiple copies uh, I don't mean multiple versions because there's only one Bible, but we get the Word of God, and uh, we're, we're blessed. I think of uh, Christians that live through the dark ages and uh, no, no Word of God, and uh, that's how um, I, we ought to be thankful for that this morning. And uh, I, I enjoy studying the Bible. I enjoy uh, when the Holy Spirit... Uh, teaches me and instructs me, and uh, certainly uh, as he does to each and every one of us, uh, he will uh, teach us through and instruct us through his word. And let me just, while I'm talking about the word of God, let me remind you that God is always going to speak to you through his word. He, he, no, nobody, uh, no matter if they, they, they have bishop in front of their name or reverend or whatever in front of their name, nobody's getting the word of knowledge. Nobody's getting something that's not already been said. Uh, in this book. And so God is going to speak to us through his word. And uh, sometimes we say, well, God's just not talking to me. And, and I want to I ask the question is, well, have you been listening? Um, and I know when times I need instruction from God, uh, I go to the word of God because that's where we find instruction. So we're going to look at Ecclesiastes uh, chapter number one this morning. We're going to look at the first 11 verses. Uh, follow with me as I begin reading in verse number one of Ecclesiastes chapter number 1, the words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. <clears throat> what profit hath a man of all his labor, which he taketh under the sun? Notice that phrase, under the sun. Verse 4, one generation <clears throat> passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down. And hasteth to his place where he rose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. All things are full of labor, man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Is there anything whereof it may be said, see, this is new? It hath been already of old time, which was before us. There is no remembrance of former things, neither shall there be any remembrance of things that are, that are to come with those that shall come after." This morning, I want to draw your attention for our text is where we'll get started, verse number 9. And that phrase, and there is no new thing under the sun. There are some foundational truths. Of course, the entire Word of God is foundational truth. But 
there are some foundational truths that uh, I hold to and I, I, I keep a close relationship with because they help me in living my life. Uh, there are many that I could refer to this morning, but one that I use, and I've quoted it often to you, is there's no new thing under the sun. Uh, why is that important? Because if nothing is new, uh, then we can go to the Word of God to figure out how to respond to our situation. Uh, this day that we're going in in our nation, many are saying, what are we, what's going on? Well, I believe the Bible sheds a whole lot of light uh, on the current situation in our own nation. Why? Because there's no new thing under the sun. Uh, there's nothing new. And so we go back to the Word of God to discern what we are to do in the day that we live in, in, our, in our each and every day. This morning, I want to use these 11 verses, and we'll refer to all of them this morning. But beginning with verse number 9, there's no new thing under the sun. Uh, we saw that same phrase, under the sun, in verse number 3. And this morning, the title of my message is this, Things to Remember Under the Sun. There's no new thing under the sun, but there's some things that we need to remember under the sun. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray this morning you'd use the Word of God to speak to us, to challenge us. And Father, I pray convict us in areas we need to be convicted. And Father, I pray that if there's one unsaved this morning, that they would uh, call on the name of the Lord today. May they put their faith in Christ today. May they know that they have eternal life today. May they receive forgiveness of sins today. Uh, may today be their day of salvation. Father, I pray for the child of God who uh, is away from you today. They're here, or they're listening online, they're watching online, but their heart is away from you. Their relationship has gotten cold. Father, I pray that today would be the day where they uh, get things right with you. They confess, uh, they, they, re, they, they, they re-engage in that relationship. Father, I pray that uh, you would be with all of us today. May you encourage us, may you challenge us. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. The title of my message today, as I've mentioned, is Things to Remember Under the Sun. I want to begin this morning and lay the foundation. It's not just uh, for the message, but it's actually the foundation, I believe, for the entire book of Ecclesiastes. In verse number 3, you see that phrase, under the sun. Verse number 9, there is no new thing under the sun. If you were to read this morning, chapter number 1, through the end of the book of Ecclesiastes... If I have not counted incorrectly, you would find 27 times the phrase under the sun. What does Solomon, uh, the, uh, the human author of this book, mean when he says under the sun? I believe he's referring to things that take place on this earth. Let me remind you that God is above all things. You and I, this world is so great to us. This world is a big world. This world, there are places that we will never go, things we will never see, because it is a big world. Well, let me remind you how big God is. He uses, the Bible tells us, He uses this big world as His footstool. God is bigger and greater. And as I taught Wednesday night, I'll not get into it this morning, how God is above, He even created time. God is not bound by anything. But when Solomon writes in the book of Ecclesiastes, and he uses the phrase, under the sun, he is speaking the things that take place on this earth, or in this life, throughout history. Under the sun, there are no new things under the sun, meaning as long as there's been a world, as long as there has been man, as long as there has been creation, 
under the sun, there's been no new thing. And there's many great, wonderful truths and principles and just some reminders about life in the book of Ecclesiastes. But this morning, I want to use that as our foundation, that phrase, under the sun, or what takes place on this earth. What takes place in my life, in your life, in a life in general, or what takes place in history. We can look at history that is already taking place. We can look at history that we are living in today. It is taking place under the sun. It is taking place on a calendar. God does not have a calendar as we have a calendar. He is not bound by time. But under the sun, there are some things that will always be true. And I want us to be reminded as we see in verse number 9, there is no new thing on this earth. There is no new thing in history. There is no new thing in life. No new thing. What is that to tell us this morning? It tells us that things are more predictable than we realize. People are more predictable than we realize. Life is more predictable. Now, that's not to say that we won't be surprised by the actions of some. That's not to say we won't be surprised by some things that have taken place in our life. All of us will be surprised. None of us knows what the future holds. But if we look at Scripture, there are things that are predictable. Why? Because no new thing under the sun. People act the way people act, and as they always have. We live and we make statements, and it's certainly true. We live in an evil day. There's always been an evil day. There are evil men. There's always been evil men. There's great opportunity. There's always been great opportunity. I, I, I don't want to, 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 to disappoint you this morning or, or, or tell you something that's hard for you to understand or even accept, but you're not the first one that's ever lived that's, that's having a hard time. You're not the first one that's ever lived that's carrying a burden. I'm not minimizing your burden. I'm not minimizing what you may be dealing with, but there's no new thing under the sun. That's why you have a pastor who gets up and tries to remind all of us, when you have a burden, what do we do? Do we go to Facebook and try and get help for our burden? No, we go to the Bible because there's no new thing under the sun. What, what do we do in this situation? Well, there's no new thing. Uh, there's some things that it's just not going to be, it's just going to be more of the same. Now, some things to remember, and I believe as, as Solomon begins writing in chapter number one, there are some very important principles and some very important truths that you and I do re, need to be reminded of as we live this life, as we live this life under the sun, as we encounter the things that life brings us. And uh, the first one this morning is found in, in verse number two, and I'll, I'll mention number one. The first thing that we need to remember this morning is that the temporal life is empty. In verse number two, Solomon writes, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Uh, what is Solomon saying? He's saying, living for the temporal is vanity. Temporal living is empty. Uh, temporal, temporal, or for the short term, uh, is not fulfilling. 
In Matthew chapter number 6, verse 19 and 20, we're reminded by our Lord that we're not to live for that which is going to pass away, but for that which is eternal. We're not to lay up treasures down here, but lay up treasures in heaven. Why? Because that which is laid up in heaven is forever. That which we live, live uh, enjoy down here is temporal. And Solomon reminds us that living for the temporal is vanity. That word vanity, let me define it for you, means emptiness. Put it in that context. Emptiness of emptiness. Say it the preacher, empty of emptiness. All is empty. Now, we read men that God used to write the Bible. And when we read their writings, when Paul writes of the thorn and suffering and enduring, we know his life and his testimony, and it gives us authority because it's God's word. But because Paul also writes that we say, that is certainly a man who knows what he's talking about. Because he's endured the beatings. He's endured the afflictions. He's the one who's living with We say, he can speak of that with authority. Well, if there's anyone in the Bible who could speak on the vanity of life with authority, it is Solomon. Solomon was not just the wealthiest man of this day, but perhaps the wealthiest man who's ever lived. He had more wealth, and he took advantage of the vanities of this world like very few ever have. And it was all said and done, the man who could buy anything, the man who could have anything, said it is empty. There's no value to it. There's no joy in it. There's no success in it. It is nothing. It is, it is void. There's no substance to it. There is nothing that, that contributes to life. Temporal living is empty. And may I remind us today of this, that we live under the sun. The life that I have, the life that you have, the life that we live and we intersect together at the same period of history on this world that God has created, temporal living was empty in the day of Solomon. It is still empty in the year 2020. It'll be empty in 2021. And for the duration of time, as long as there's a man's calendar, temporal living for the child of God will be empty. Those that live for the temporal in this life, under the sun, live an empty life. Can I tell you who's living the emptiest life today? They may have more in their bank account than you have. They may have more to show in this world. But let me remind you, if you're living after this book, you're not going to have to show in this world. You're laying it up on the other side. Well, there's anything as a, as, a, as, a, as a child and as a young man that made an impression on me. As I had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home and growing up in this very church, and the things that made a difference on me were the illustrations that preachers would use and the testimony of Christians that would say, I live for the world, and I've got nothing to show for it. 
It was empty. Can I give a warning this morning to every Christian in the room? Especially to the young people, the teenagers, the children, the young adults, and young couples, and for everybody. Don't get enamored by the success of this world. I'm not going to stand here today and lie to you and tell you you can't have it. Because there's been Christians that have left the things of God and gone and gotten it. But I also won't lie to you and tell you that it'll be fulfilling because it won't. Why do so many who have given themselves to this world say they have everything and they have the notoriety and they, they have the wealth and they, and they have the things of this world and they still would say there's got to be more to it. There's got to be more that I can have and find because this is not fulfilling. Solomon, who would be an authority on living for the temporal, said, that there's something that we all need to remember under the sun, living for the temporal, living for today, is vanity. This ought to be very convicting for us, and I'll be reminded of us of this morning, that anything you put for the short term over the long term, spiritually speaking, is vanity. Is vanity. And we need to be reminded that temporal living is empty, number two. I say, I'll hurry and get off of that so it can be more pleasant, but it's, it's not going to get any better. Verse number four, one generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. Let me back up. How empty is, is a life living to try to impress other people? Oh, I got but I got a like on Instagram. That's pretty empty. One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. Let me say statement number two we need to remember this morning. I just want to remind you from the words of Solomon, life is brief. One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. You know that I enjoy reading. I enjoy reading American history. And you get a sense, and the older I get and the more history that I read, and let me say the older I get and the closer I get to living a half a century. I think back to when I was a child and a younger man, I would read things that took place in the previous century. And I'm like, man, that's, that is history. And now I'm reading history books about things that took place and I remember them happening when I was younger. I'm living in history. Now some of you, you could, and what I'm talking about, I'm talking about you, of course, in, in the days of 9-11, I remember that, and in, in, in the Gulf Wars and things of that nature. Many of you lived that in, in more real ways than I lived it, and, and some of you could testify how you lived you know, in those Civil War days. You remember how, how scary those days were. You talk about a divided nation. But notice the words of the Bible. One generation passeth away and another generation cometh, but the earth abideth forever. What is one of the interesting things is as 
as you go and you have a sense of history at our nation, you're able to visit some sites, some things that took place there. And my, my family still gives me a hard time. One vacation, we stopped and we were, we, in, in Virginia. We saw, we saw where Jamestown was and um, that, that, that first English settlement and things of that. And there's a Revolutionary War Museum there. And, and it's no fun because Dad actually likes to stop and like read like what, what happened. And, you know, I paid my $2. I might as well uh, be reminded. And, you know, in, in Yorktown, y'all understand the significance of Yorktown? Please, God, help me. Y'all understand the significance of Yorktown and, and things of that nature. And the thought of what took place at that very spot many, many years prior. It's the same spot because it's the same world. It's the same earth. But a generation has passed away. And another generation is now under the sun. Let me remind all of us this morning, none of us are living forever. We living our life now and things are real to us and they certainly should be real to us. And we should not be living for the temporal but the eternal. But let me remind you, life is brief and young people, it is true what they say. The older you get, the faster life goes by. I know I swore I'd never say it either. But it's true. And you get a sense and you're reminded that life is brief. You look back and you say, where did the years go? Well, you lived them under the sun. But we're reminded with a sense not just from our perspective, but from God's perspective over time, the generation after generation after generation after generation, and the days coming when this generation, well, but from another generation's perspective, but be an entry into a history book. Because life is brief. By the way, the first thing we need to remember ties in nicely with the second thing we need to remember. Because life is brief, we should not live for the temporal, but for the eternal. Because the things that you enjoy in your time of strength and health, that will pass. But the things that you have laid up on the other side, you'll get to enjoy them forever. But life is brief. I'll illustrate this. Last night, my, my wife was going through a large container of just old pictures through the years. And pictures of her childhood and pictures of my childhood. And we had pictures in there from our college days. And for a dollar, I'll show you those. But uh, then as a, you know, in our, in our, as, a, as a young couple and, and then just all kinds of pictures of life. There were pictures of ministry things that took place throughout the years. And then you get to all the, 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 the pictures of, your, of our children, you know, from when they were, they were babies and all the way up. And, boy, you just start to remember all of that. And, and then it's like, wow, where did all that time go? And I think what illustrates that phrase, one generation passeth away and another generation cometh, one of the pictures that, uh, several pictures we came across of her and I with my grandparents. 
My grandparents are in heaven. They belong to a generation that has passed away. And then in the same pile was a, with a picture of my grandparents from another generation, are pictures of my children who are the generation after me. And one generation that I have memories of has passed away. And now there's a new generation that all they know of that generation that's passed away is what you see in a picture what somebody shared with them. Because in our, from our perspective, what goes on in our life is what is the most important. And we understand, that's a good perspective to have. We're aware of, we have a certain, we need to be reminded that we have a certain amount of time. And yes, and just like previous generations have gone on, our generation is going to pass too. Our life is going to be gone too. Why? Because life is brief. You know, as, as a young person, it seems to go by slow and then faster than your 20s and your 30s. And, and, and my 40s aren't gone yet, but your 40s, they start, they start going by faster and faster. And you realize that in the grand scheme of things, from God's perspective, it's just another generation. Life is brief. That's why it is important that we don't live a life of vanity. Because life is brief. Life is short. We're not living forever. Let me give you the third thing to remember this morning. Let's read verses 5 through 8. The sun also ariseth, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place, and hasteth to his place where he rose. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about unto the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. All the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. All things are full of labor, man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. Look at what we just read. The sun also rises, and the sun goeth down, and hasteth to his place where he goes. The wind goeth toward the south, and turneth about the north. It whirleth about continually, and the wind returneth again according to his circuits. And then verse 7 and 8. You want to explain that to me? There's a lot that is just stated, and if you think about it, it gets kind of jumbled. But let me give you the third thing to remember this morning. God is a sovereign God. And what I believe God is saying there, the sun arises and going down because God said so. In verse number 6, the wind goeth toward the south, and then all of a sudden it turns and goes to the north. It whirleth about continually. Which way is the wind coming from? Well, right now it's coming. Then it's coming this way. Almost like it's just happening, but friend, it's not just happening. Even when the wind blows, it blows at the hand of God. God is a sovereign God. The wind seems to have no purpose, but it does. Because everything God does is on purpose. Look at verse 7. All the rivers run into the sea. Yet the sea is not full. We have a, we have a catastrophe the ocean's overflowing. And in a few years, there's not going to be an eastern seaboard, and there's not going to be, we're going to be underwater. And I could save our, 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 our world a lot of money on these global warming studies. The rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. 
the river that runs into the sea, it doesn't overflow the ocean, the sea, but that river still has water in it. Think about that. And that just happened according to some. No, there's a sovereign God who's in complete control. And that was not my direction this morning, but you can tie this passage in with the the, the story of creation. And I don't think we should waste resources, but we're not bound to do anything but use the world that God has given us. Well, don't you think? No, I don't, because there's a sovereign God. Are we in danger of global? No, we're not. Because there's a sovereign God. He is in control of everything. Notice verse number, this is just interesting to think about, verse number 8. All things are full of labor, man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing. Think about that. There, you know, as we get older, our bodies wear out. And many, as I look around, many of you are wearing glasses this morning. And some of you probably should be wearing glasses. You're just too stubborn to wear them today. You might not be able to see like you once could see. But that's because of your body wearing out or deterioration or there's a stigmatism or there's something causing that. It wasn't because your eyes said, oh, I'm not looking at anything else. They're full. We might close a book because we've been reading and our eyes are tired, but it's not because the eyes said, I've seen too much. I can't see anything else. You have to wait till tomorrow and then there'll be room for you to see more. Nope. Have you ever studied the eye and how it captures the image and what your brain sees? And yet you're going to tell me there's not a sovereign God? This is, this is, this is my favorite part of this verse. Nor the ear filled with hearing. I almost wish that wasn't true. I mean, can you see the child in the school class? I've said it, I've heard enough. I I can testify to that, but not in this context. Sorry, teacher, I'll have to come back tomorrow. My ears are full. (laughs) The child at home, mom screams, I told I told you to clean your room. That was yesterday. My ears were full. I couldn't hear anything else. And oh, men. And don't you dream? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to, instead of just ignoring, say, be able to say, my ears are actually full? <laughs> so the wife would be like, it's only 8 30 in the morning. Exactly. And I'm full for the day. (laughs) 
where the Bible tells us the sun also rises and the sun goeth down in haste to his place where he arose. Anybody ever, you ever live and say, man, man, this day's almost over. It seems like the sun just came up and it's hastened to its place. Well, you think about how many times the sun, and we could add these days up, how many times in your lifetime the sun has risen and the sun has set. You think about from the time of Genesis 1 when God created the sun. How many times the sun has risen and the sun has set. I only know of one time in Scripture where God says, pause, in the life of Joshua. But think about that. The wind, how many times there's a gust of wind throughout a day and we don't even think about it. But there is a God that is so big that every time the wind blows, it is blowing at His direction. There's a purpose behind it. We look at it, oh, it's blowing this way, or now it's blowing that way, and it's coming to and fro, and oh, the storm is coming. There is a God who is sovereign, sovereign above all of that. He created us to where we're never, the eyes can continue to see and our ears can continue to hear. And in the laws of nature, there is a sovereign God. Nothing is by chance. Under the sun. We tie that in with number four. And the fourth thing I want us to remember this morning is found in where we started, verse number nine. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done. That ties into the sovereignty of God. But notice verse nine, the end of verse 9, there is no new thing under the sun. Let me say number four, the fourth thing we need to remember this morning, we are incapable of anything new. We're incapable of anything new. You know how men act the way they've always acted. You know how wild men fail? Because they've always failed. Ever since Adam, the first man, that sin nature has passed down to each and every one of us. Well, why, these, let, me, let me help you. Children misbehave. I don't know why my, my child had no way. Because he's a kid. That's a good reminder for some of you moms. They're all bad. Even yours. And in some cases, I want to say especially yours. It doesn't mean you're a failure as a mother because every child needs to be disciplined. Every child needs direction. That's why they have a parent. We're not capable of anything new. And while we're on that subject, mom and dad, you're not the first parent to not have a clue and pretend you do. It's, it's been the same. But it's even bigger than that. I need to make the most of my life. I don't need to make the mistake of living for the temporal. There's been many who've lived for the temporal. And I think what Solomon is also saying here, he's saying vanity of vanities, living a temporal life is nothing but emptiness and vanity. It's not going to be different for you. 
because we live under the same sun. Can I just say, Christian, you're not going to be the exception to God's laws. And if Solomon, who had all of the tools at his disposal, he had a heritage, David was his father, he had the wealth like this world has not seen, he said, I live for the temporal, and it's empty, and it's vanity, and the same sun that sets, that rises and sets in my lifetime is the same one that you live under, and it's not going to be different for you. Likewise, the same God that blessed Solomon is the same God we have. And if we do the things that God has always blessed, we live under that same sun, on the same earth, underneath the same God, the blessings will be bestowed upon us. I should not live myself for, the, for, for temporal things because it will be vanity just for me. It will be empty just, just, just for me, just like it was for Solomon because we live on the same world, this same planet. I believe sometimes because we think we're removed from a generation, we think that took place in a different world, in a different universe, same, same universe, same planet, same sun. Same wind, same oceans, same rivers. And if it was empty for Solomon, it'll be empty for you. If his life was short, think about what Solomon had, the wealth that he had. You realize we say this, well, these rich people, they can't take none of that with them. Solomon could take anything with him. You can't take yours either. Because his life ended as well. His life was a vapor as well. He had an appointment with death as well. There's no new thing under the sun. You, and I don't want to burst your bubble, but it needs to be burst in some cases. You're not the exception. I'm not the exception. You're not going to live 200 years. I'm not going to live 200 years. It's not the things that are vanity. It's not going to be an exception for me. You're not going to be the first person in history that gives your life to empty things and is on their deathbed saying, Oh, I have no regrets. You won't be the first one. You won't be the exception. 27 times Solomon, if my account is correct, Solomon uses that phrase, under the sun reminding us that we live on the same planet. We're the same dust. We have the same God who's above everything. And things that were empty in His day were empty in the days before Him and have been empty for the days after Him, living a temporal life. It is brief. It is empty. And you and I will be no exception. There's no reason for us to be caught off guard Because none of us are going to live past our appointment. The appointment that has been set for us. You and I only have a set number of sunrises and a set number of sunsets. There's only a set number of times the, the wind will blow in our life. That is the life that God has given us. That is history. That is, that is life under the sun. 
And we're reminded this morning from the book of Ecclesiastes, there's no new thing under the sun, meaning that we can't live a life of vanity because it will be a life of emptiness. It's going to be a short life. That's why take advantage now. Some of you young people, you young couples, and you young adults, take advantage of serving God now. Because you have the opportunity to. Because life is short. There's only a set number of days. Prioritize your days. Spend it with the people that God, that God has given you in your life. The people who have been the most for, to you. The, 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 live your life doing the things that God has set a priority on. Because life is short and that which is fulfilling are the things that God says are fulfilling. Let me remind you, you can't control what God controls. God has a plan for your life, and He's designed it for you, and the best thing for you and I is to submit to His will. You can't rewrite it. You can rebel against it. You can't rewrite the laws of God. One that pops to my mind, the first one that pops to my mind is you reap what you sow. You can't rewrite that. Well, I just don't know if I believe that. It don't, when does that matter? Oh, you got me there. God said it. You and I can't change it. So if there's no new thing under the sun, let me close with this. I want to remind all of us that we live under the same sun. We live on the same planet. Things that were true in Solomon's day are true in our day. Don't live your life for the temporal. Live it for the eternal. Take advantage of every day. Well, I've wasted some time in my past. Okay, you got today. If the Lord grants you tomorrow, live tomorrow. Take advantage of every day after that. Remember, He's a sovereign God. We're not capable. You know, we all have the same, no matter how much, and, and let me remind everybody, no matter how much we clean up and no matter what God does in our life, we're still but flesh. It's who we are. But let me remind you, there's no new thing under the sun. But in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, I'll read it for you. In verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The old man can become new through Christ. And then I take you to... Revelation chapter number 21 this morning, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. The first heaven, the first earth, and I, chapter, uh, verse number 2, and I, I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people. And God Himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And He said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Under the sun. No new thing under the sun. But the day is coming, friend, for the child of God because all things are become new in Christ. 
The old things are passed away. There's a new heaven, a new earth, and we'll not be living under a sun anymore because we'll be living with the sun, and he will be the light. And that's and the sun never sets. He is always on his throne. That is the time when all things are new. Verse number 4, chapter 21, is one of the most comforting verses in the Bible because we are told that God himself is going to wipe away tears. Because former things, under the sun there's tears. Under the sun there's suffering. Under the sun there's disappointment. Under the sun there's disappointment. Under the sun there's death. Under the sun there's funerals. Under the sun there's voids. But because of the sun, all that will be former. And when the former things are wiped away, what is going to last is going to be that which is eternal. My salvation is eternal. What I do for him is eternal. What I do for me is temporal. It will not only not even exist in heaven, it will not even be a memory in heaven. Because it's the former. Why would we live as Christians, live for things that God tells us aren't, don't matter? Because we know why. Because we're got a sin nature, because we're selfish. Uh, some things to remember under the sun. Don't use as an excuse your burden, your problem. Everybody's got them. Don't use as an excuse, well, I didn't have this opportunity. That. No, no, don't use it as an excuse. Uh, don't be enamored by the things of this life and this world. A man who had so much more than all of us combined said, I've lived for this world, I've lived for everything money can buy. And it's empty. Empty. I wonder how many Christians waste the short life they have for things that are empty. This ties in, and I'm out of time, this ties in what the Bible tells us about those without Christ, how they go further and further and further in this world because the things they live in this world, they're empty. I've got to try something else, and it'll be empty. Maybe if I do more, it'll be empty. Those that go further and further and further, and you say, what, 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 what is, what is it get through their mind? What they're trying to do is they're trying to erase, for just a, even if it's a short time, the fact that their life is empty. But those that live their life for the Lord, they can die a pauper's death. Their life would not be empty because of the people they influenced, because of how they served their Savior. In recent days, we've had some leave us to go to the other shore. And I can say in all those cases, they did not live an empty life. 
They left some things behind. But oh, what an inheritance they received. The sacrifice, the giving, the taking their own time, the things that they could use to enjoy for themselves, they used it to be a blessing to somebody else. Well, they used it. That's time that they lost. Oh, no, it's time that they got. They just didn't receive it until they entered the presence of the Lord. For a Sunday school teacher or somebody else to take a Saturday or take some other time during the week and instead of using it for themselves, use it to tell somebody else about the Lord or to minister to somebody else. You say, well, there's so many things I could have done with that. With that, life is brief. Things living for yourself, there's empty. But what is fulfilling is that which we will receive in the new heaven with the Son of God. This morning, if you're unsaved, let me tell you, you can have a new life. You can be a new creature. There's only one way that can take place, and that's if you put your faith and trust in Christ. Let me encourage you to do that. Christian, may this be a reminder to you as it has been to me. Yes, life is short. There's no new thing under the sun. May our greatest fear not be that we live a short life but that we would live an empty one. One of the greatest verses in the Bible, I believe, is how the Bible describes Job at the end of his life. He said he was old. That's, I'm going to continue. That's not the only part. And full of days. I believe what that, what that scripture says is he lived a full life. He lived a blessed life. You and I can live a full life, a meaningful life, if we live it through our Lord. Father, I pray.